0: Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana, this is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Welcome to our post-debate coverage from Fox 59 and CBS 4. I'm Bob Donaldson. Dan Spieler is walking in the room even as we speak. And we are also joined by our (laughs) in-focus panelists as well, Mike Murphy and former GOP, the GOP former lawmaker, and Elise Schrock, a state uh, Democratic strategist. Thank you all for being here. Dan, thank you for for walking so quickly (laughs) from 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 one studio to the next. That's
1: right. A busy night at Fox 59 and CBS 4 as we wrap up this uh, second and final debate. What was your big takeaway? We were talking about this as we watched it here in the room. That. It may not have moved the needle in terms of uh, the candidates trying to get that last-minute support from undecideds who might be watching this, trying to figure out who to vote for. Who came out on it top It really tonight?
2: depends on what you care about. There were certainly no Richard Murdoch moments, once again, which is good for all three candidates. Um, if you care about health care, I would suggest that Mike Braun was the winner. He has the business experience. He's actually tackled the problem. Um, I thought that the senator um, had a, a, a funny kind of miscue when he said he was talking about diversity. He said the person was Indian American, but they did a good job. This woman was African American, but she did a great job. And using the word but, I thought, threw him kind of off kilter and made me
1: wonder what he really meant. You know, you mentioned the Murdoch moment. Uh, that topic that we've now come to call the Murdoch moment, uh, abortion, obviously did come up again. It did in the first debate as well with Senator Donnelly trying to paint that contrast with uh, Mike Braun's position. On abortion. That was an interesting moment. Uh, what else stood out to you, Elise, in this debate, and who do you think uh, came out with the upper hand?
3: Sure, I think there's just so much um, a week out, there's just so much on the line. Uh, the fact that no one did have that moment um, is important. I think they all came out. Um, pretty uh, metered compared to the last debate and I do think that there is one candidate on stage that has a proven record of um, many accomplishments whether it's healthcare or um, making sure that Medicaid made Medicare are um, intact, Social Security is intact, listening to the priorities of Hoosiers, and that's Joe Donnelly. And, of
2: course, I would suggest that uh, Senator Donnelly does have a proven record of driving up the deficit, driving
0: up the the federal debt, so it depends what kind
2: of proven record you're talking about here. the debate
1: after the debate (laughs) has begun, right? Well,
0: well, one of the things I was watching for was whether or not uh, there was going to be a change in the tone of this debate because it's the last debate, the last chance, and really there wasn't that much of a change in tone, Elise.
3: No, I, I, I do think that uh, you saw the Libertarian candidate, Lucy Brenton, come out, mm-hmm. um, particularly um, metered and pretty strong, this uh, debate. I think she's come a long way. We had this discussion through um, uh while we were watching it, she's um, evolved as a candidate, which has been interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see how
1: much support she's able to uh, pick off from uh, Braun or Donnelly. Sure. Uh, however you look at where libertarian support would come from, you think it might hurt Braun more if Brenton Absolutely. does well. The Democrats sent a, a, a mailer this week, too. Yeah, they're, they're obviously to
2: the Democrats are trying to push votes toward the libertarian and away from uh, Braun if she gets six, seven, eight percent, she could be the Lucy who pulls the football away from
1: Braun's goal to get to the Senate. No (laughs) doubt about it. So it's not a bad strategy on the Democrats' part. We are standing by to hear from uh, some of the candidates. We're expecting uh, Senator Donnelly uh, at the post-debate press conference shortly, possibly Mike Braun as well. He skipped that post-debate press conference the first time around. Our Matt Smith is there. We're going to be hearing uh, from the candidates shortly. But let's also listen to uh, what they had to say about one of the 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 initial topics that was addressed tonight, and a topic that's very much in the news today, and we're talking about the issue of birthright citizenship, something President Trump brought up earlier today. Here's what the Senate candidates had to say.
4: I've stood for secure borders with John McCain when in 2013 we passed legislation that would have provided an additional 20,000 border agents to the border. I'd want to see that legislation, make sure it was constitutional, and review it first. If Lindsey Graham is introducing it, I think it will be uh, something I'll take a look at. I'm not going to say whether I'll support it or not until I read the legislation.
5: Now, if there's more law that's brought forward, will you even be surprised? What is the politician's answer to everything? We've got to make a law. Part of that's their ego. They want their name on a law. I'm not into that. What I want to know is, is this legislation something that's going to be good for our country, or is it going to violate the Constitution like so many of our laws have?
0: So, birthright citizenship—one of the uh, the few very, very topical issues yep, that came up came time. up just today, the most the most timely one. Any points scored there, as far as you could see, Elise?
3: Uh, first of all, it's an unconstitutional thing to do. Um, I think they both, uh, I think all three said uh, they wanted to wait and see what legislation looks like. First of all, it's unconstitutional. I do think that it is a deflection by the Trump administration for his uh, how he has handled the unfortunate synagogue shootings. I think the whole issue is a bit of a deflection, and I'm not sure they answered it either way. Like
0: the president seems to want to challenge the constitutionality of this well, whole issue. Well, he does, and he's
2: not going to be successful. I actually stand with Paul Ryan and agree with you tonight, at least, on this. You cannot change the constitution by executive order. It has to go through the Congress, and whether it's a constitutional amendment going through the Congress or it's just
0: a law that's open to constitutional review.
2: It still cannot be done by executive
0: order and
3: Brenton brought that up.
0: And the issue is whether or not the president is truly going to pursue this issue or whether or not this was something that was brought up right before the midterm for his base.
1: Well, and interestingly enough in this debate this question this first question came right after uh, the, the moderator made the candidates uh, take a pledge that one of the, right. the voters had had requested to answer all the questions they were posed and I'm not sure Donnelly O'Bron really did That's answer. Right that question uh... for sure yes or no donnelly's response saying well that's the constitution it's 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 the fourteenth amendment but i would want to see the legislation he gave a somewhat careful answer
2: well uh, he should as did Mike wrong you can't judge it until you see the legislation in the state legislature we always had a saying that it's not unconstitutional until a court rules it so and so that has can, happened in the you state can legislature, pass all yes. the time sure You can pass any law you want, but it's still subject to constitutional review.
3: But I still think this whole concept is a slippery slope. Um, The the challenging of, you know, the 14th Amendment is, um, I I think it's an unfortunate distraction that we're even talking about it.
0: I guess at the end of the day, how much is this debate or any of the debates going to move the needle in this race, especially when you have President Trump coming so soon before Election Day? Friday night and Monday, yeah. My I, I,
2: well, I would say that it's not going to move it much. Um, yeah, I don't know what, the, you know what the viewership was of the stations around the state. I have no idea. But you have to assume it's somewhat small, okay, number one. Number two, you're, this is being countered or, or abetted by millions of dollars worth of paid advertising. Let me say, you though, have,
1: quickly, the debate actually did pretty well in the local it? ratings, the first one. Okay, well, that's um, good to know.
3: Yeah, then then the you have two, two
2: big rallies coming up, Friday and Monday, in the two biggest TV markets of the state. That's what people are going to remember. They're not going to remember this debate because there weren't any big mistakes and no grand statements, and they're really fairly mild.
0: You would
3: I think agree? That, I think it was a fairly mild uh, debate overall. I do agree. To the on that.
0: backdrop to this debate being just the overwhelming turnout so far for absentee voting and for early voting as well, which would seem to indicate that many voters have already made up their minds.
3: Well, and this is going to be, as most midterm elections are, a referendum on the current administration. And I think the numbers we're seeing are people who are coming out um, because they're concerned um, with uh, the leadership coming out of the White House. They feel like it's uncertain. Um, and uh, I do think that's driving up early vote numbers. And Marion
1: County's numbers, 50% higher than they were in the presidential election in 2016, unheard of of
2: for a midterm. In Hamilton County, other donut counties of the Republican areas, it's up to like five times as much as during the last midterm. What we don't know is who are these people voting for. Is it Republicans voting to support Trump? is it normally republican and independent women who are mad about the kavanaugh uh you know debate and issues voting against the trump candidate we don't know that
3: i I think the demographics in the donut counties are uh have changed vastly over the last couple of years so i think early voting even in um, areas just right outside of indy could um could definitely and, and that's obviously something nationally uh, mm-hmm. people
1: are focusing on, uh, suburban voters, suburban women, obviously. And, and Joe Donnelly, uh, Senator Donnelly, did reference th- this topic that came up, obviously the Brett Kavanaugh vote and, and generally the Me Too movement. Um, saying to Mike Braun, uh, who, who said uh, to some degree he's glad this issue has been dealt with. Senator Donnelly sort of seized on that particular line saying the women of Indiana would not agree this issue has been uh, dealt with that was his response I always love when the rapid response press releases come out after a debate because guess what the Donnelly campaign says Joe Donnelly has won the final Senate debate that email coming uh, moments who, who after the, the broad campaign. Well, actually, shockingly, oh, they wow. said, the headline, huh. Mike when Braun you know. wins final Indiana Senate. Incredible. And, and
2: Lucy just doesn't have the staff to put out a press release. <laughs> at least <laughs> so, not this quickly. At least not this quickly.
1: But yeah. uh, I'll read a moment, uh, just uh, for a moment, from, uh, from some of these from the broad campaign. Uh, Mike Braun's uh, uh, campaign uh, manager here writing, Tonight Hoosiers had a clear choice. A career politician who will say anything to get elected and go to Washington or a Hoosier job creator who's going to Washington. Uh, Kind of similar uh, verbiage that you hear from the candidate himself and from the Donnelly campaign in their press release today. This statement coming from campaign manager Peter Hanscom who says Joe Donnelly won his second straight debate tonight for the same reason he's going to win this election. He keeps his promises to Hoosiers. Again, these rapid releases, kind of hitting on some of the same themes that the candidates hit on themselves in the debate.
3: Can we go back, though, to that Kavanaugh moment? Because as the only woman on this panel, yeah. I do want to say that for Mike Braun to say that we have flushed out, I think was the term he used, sexual harassment in the state, as the Indiana woman who is watching that. Um I don't think he's correct, and I think that most women watching would feel unsettled by that comment. It
1: would have been interesting to see the Curtis Hill situation be brought into this. Uh, because both times the, the Kavanaugh uh, situation, the MeToo movement generally has come up in these Indiana debates. Uh, we haven't talked about Attorney General Curtis Hill, who uh, was a, obviously a, a man in the news and obviously in the center of Indiana politics lately. Uh, something that uh, Mike Braun was asked about when, when the Curtis Hill situation first broke, um, and obviously a situation that, that many people look at and say uh, perhaps it wasn't dealt with in this instance.
0: And in fact, all three of them passed up that opportunity to talk about Curtis Hill when they were talking about sexual harassment and sexual abuse, which was interesting.
3: It's true. Uh, they, I do think they took a pass on that. Um, again, I think... Um, I think that Senator Donnelly, I believe, did come out with a statement shortly after, he and, did, yeah. and and Mike Braun went silent, which um, silence is sometimes uh, makes you complicit in a culture that needs to be changed.
1: Mike Braun uh, first gave a somewhat uh, muddled answer on that topic, then eventually did say he thought that uh, Curtis Hill should uh, step down. Mike, what did you make of that that particular back and forth we are talking about in the Me Too movement?
2: Well, I think they, they, they are dodging to some degree. I do not agree at the least that uh, Mike Braun screwed up his answer. I think he, he did as well as he could in a fast-talking, fast-thinking kind of debate scenario where he tried to say that we are addressing it, maybe not making as much progress as we should have by now, but certainly making progress. I think anybody would argue that we are making progress on that front. Um, you know, Donnelly is just he's steady. He stays... These all three candidates kind of remind me of the three horses coming out of the gate in the derby. They stay in their lanes the whole time, right, until they get around the curve. Um, there, there there, the thing that disappoints me about this entire race is, for all three candidates is there were virtually no new ideas articulated this entire race. It was you're a bad guy, I'm a good guy, Lucy trying to chip in where she can, throwing grenades over the fence, so to speak. There were no there was no new vision from anybody about this well, in this al- race. Along
0: those lines, I mean all three of them <clears throat> did stay in their lane, as you say, for this debate, similar to the the previous debate. So the latest CBS news poll shows that Mike Braun inching ahead um, at the very end. Is this an opportunity lost specifically for Joe Donnelly to make an impact, to make a splash, to to move the needle?
3: Well, I think, like I said earlier, I, I think most of the polls have been done. The, the issues that they're polling, the media has been bought. The issues that they're going to talk a about. a lot of
1: commercials. Are,
3: are probably <laughs> are probably out there. So yeah. I, I I do think they're going to stay in their lane, and uh, what that means for each candidate, I guess I guess we're going to see. We'll see on Tuesday. But to, yeah. but to your
2: point, Bob, Donnelly did not come out and show himself as a leader tonight. He said, "I voted with Republicans. I voted with these people. I voted." He didn't say, I led the charge, or I will lead the charge. You know, he spent half of his media budget trying to look, uh, putting Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump in his TV commercials. Commercials yeah, have
1: been interesting. And we've
2: had, we've had star, former Star comments like Dan Carpenter say how disappointed he is that Joe Donnelly has abandoned the liberals in this state.
0: Lucy Brenton there, obviously, is, uh, is at the podium. I, I think we can listen to what she has to say.
5: Listen, on the stage, one of the things I really want to talk about is how proud I am of the Libertarian Party and Libertarians for supporting my race. And I want to thank the other people who have crossed party lines to say that they really want freedom and liberty for the next generation. And they know that the only way to do it is to choose something new. So in Indiana we have people now choosing Mark Rutherford for Secretary of State. and They'll be voting to help Libertarians get to that magical 10 percent number when we'll finally get major party access and access to voter data that has previously been shut out from us unless we pay thousands and thousands of dollars to access that information that should be free to all. I wanna thank the Indiana Debate Commission for being respectful and inclusive and truly nonpartisan. And I wanna thank the AARP for sponsoring us, although I was a little bit suspicious since I'm only 47 years old to have like AARP on my kush, so. I didn't know what that was all about maybe somebody thinks i'm a little bit older than i really am i think i'm the only candidate that brought everyone together tonight even mike braun said lucy hit the nail on the head donnelly said she's right i can only assume they were talking about one thing and that's hemp so i'll take any questions from the media ah the spoiler gambit yes i intend to spoil this election for every politician that thinks that they have a right to your vote because somehow they have a D or an R after their name. Do I intend to spoil the election for them? Absolutely. And here's why. Something doesn't spoil unless it's rotten. And the two-party system that has had a stranglehold on our country is absolutely rotten. It's up to us as people, as voters, to demand all of our freedoms all of the time. And it's us up to us to choose something different. So yes, I intend to spoil the election. And here's what's gonna happen. I'm the first loser. The second loser will know they lost because they missed the mark on what Hoosiers want. Hoosiers want freedom. Hoosiers want liberty. Hoosiers want reduced spending. Hoosiers want lower taxes. I'm the only candidate that can give that to them because I'm not beholden to anyone. They both are. So yes, I'm spoiling the race for both of them.
1: Okay, there's Libertarian candidate Lucy Brenton speaking in her post-debate uh, press conference. Uh, what did you guys make of her performance tonight? I know we talked about her maybe being a spoiler and, and doing fairly well in this debate, um, but, 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 but how well, and, and will that really move the needle? You know, much for I, I,
2: I want to like her, and I do like her as a candidate, as a performer. I wish she would join the Republican Party and give herself a chance to win in a race, quite frankly. But just when you think she's doing really well, she does something really silly, like bringing up hemp six times in an hour. It came up in the
1: press conference. Like,
2: you know, reciting a poem. She's, she's, you know, to bastardize the phrase, she's not a poet and she doesn't know it. I mean, she does things that just make her, that marginalize herself from the rest of the, the, the serious candidates when she could be serious.
3: Right, and, and she goes, you know, she does a thing where she pivots to talking about a two-party system, and, you know, I, I guess, that's something, I guess yeah. that's something you, you need to do if you're trying to integrate a third party. You have to talk about your own platform, but I'm not sure it prioritizes the, the actual issues. that. Do you guys think libertarians
1: should be involved in these debates, or should there be a percentage threshold in, in polling? Um, I know that's been brought up by some in the past.
3: I think if you get the signatures to to you be on should, a ballot, you should, you should be, be on the, the debate, debate Absolutely. stage. Absolutely,
2: I think it's you know I think she offers a very uh, the Libertarian Party in general um, offers a very clear vision. Um, it's somewhat different than Republicans. I would say it's you know um, more akin to Republicans certainly the Democrats. But I think they have a right to be there, and I think they should be listened to. And I think that the Libertarian Party does have an impact on major party positions from time to time. In
0: general, you were comparing and contrasting her performance today versus 2016, and everyone seemed to be impressed.
3: I
2: think Absolutely. there's an improvement. I think there's improvement. I think she's sharp. I think she has a perspective uh, that others, the others on the stage did not have. And I think we need somebody, whether it's in the Republican Party or the Libertarian Party or both parties, that is driving us to reduce the debt, to lower the level of government involvement in our lives. And she clearly has set that aside for a mission, which is
1: laudable. And I'll tell you what, when it comes to issues, you just put something out on Facebook and you ask people, uh, what do they want to hear about? I'm telling you, you do hear from a lot of people about hemp. And she mentioned it a lot in that right. debate. So uh, she, she touches a vein that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, about the post-debate press conferences again. We just got word Mike Braun will not be taking part again in the post-debate press conference. He did not take part in the... Uh, Post debate press conference after the first debate, uh, we will be hearing from Senator Joe Donnelly in just a few minutes. But while we stand by and wait for uh, Senator Donnelly to be speaking, uh, you mentioned you were surprised that the issue of mass shootings uh, did not really come up in this debate. A couple days after Pittsburgh, I am
2: stunned. I mean, we have had one gentleman from Florida, if you can call him a gentleman, mailing bombs to people. You have a, what looks a, looks to be a racial multiple shooting in Louisville, Kentucky, just a few mm-hmm. days ago. And then you have the mass shooting in in, uh, Pittsburgh on Saturday, and no talk about gun control, no talk about how do we get this under control, whether it's gun control or not gun control. That's for legitimate debate. It was completely ignored. I don't know if that was the moderator's fault or if they all agreed beforehand not to address the subject. I have no idea, but I'm I'm surprised.
3: I just find it very hard to believe that in the gamut of questions uh, that came in, that that wasn't on there. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, I they think added the they question in about birthright
1: through. citizenship,
0: which yeah. right, came up in the news Well, tonight. and Saudi Arabia also right. came up, which seemed a little sure. bit incongruous in, in the context of, a, uh, of a, uh, an Indiana Senate race. But, yes, I was surprised, too, that some of the most topical issues that uh, uh,
1: did not come up at all. And we got, in fact, some guidance before the debate that uh, from the Donnelly campaign that perhaps you might hear him talking about some of these recent issues in the news and wanting to be a uniter. Uh, he didn't really have a chance to get into that. Well, they, the topic they I guarantee
2: you up. that both, or I should say all three candidates were prepped for this, for these kinds of questions, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think the moderator missed an opportunity there, and all the candidates missed an opportunity to differentiate them themselves because they would have been two and maybe three different perspectives on what to do about these mass shootings and they never got the
1: opportunity sure. surprising there that that did not come up what else surprised you from tonight any anything that you think might have an impact in this campaign any any questions that came up that that uh... that took you that took you uh... uh by surprise
3: i thought the khashoggi uh... responses were pretty interesting um, you heard mike Braun say we weren't respected around the world I think that was a direct quote, and 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 I would argue now, you know, who do you want respect from? Uh, who does who does the president want respect from? Um, you know, our allies, our. Um, are we leeching allies in lieu of dictators, you know, like in North Korea? We're welcoming um, Putin into, you know, the United States, maybe into the White House. I, I thought that was an odd, an odd pivot to talk about not having respect um, when, you know, the president that he's sidled up to is going out and, and, and making some odd allies.
2: I was surprised by the tone. Uh, we all agree generally this is probably a margin of error race mm-hmm. um, that's what the it polls was show. it was a chance for Joe to come out stronger and maybe pick up the three or four points that I think he probably needs to win uh, it was a chance for uh, braun maybe to put the race away now maybe their advisors were just saying don't make any mistakes let the commercials play out let Trump come into town who knows but I think it was a it was it was a rather rather pedantic and dull uh... debate but along
0: those lines i mean the themes were very very well established long before Mm -hmm. tonight and they stuck to them where donnelly was attacking uh... mr braun uh... over his his health care for his employees mr braun attacking donnelly over being an insider mr braun trying to align himself with president trump very very closely so in that sense it it was nothing really new.
2: except no china no mexico joe for some reason again i don't know if they sat down Beforehand, and said, let's don't talk about this stuff anymore, or if they're just burned out. I doubt that. that
3: or what? I, Who knows? I, yeah, I do think there's some um, advertisement fatigue among the I, among yeah, the public, so. based on yeah. what I'm hearing from right. my generally other than election year uninterested friends and right. family. They're they're ready for those to go away. <laughs> um, but I, I I do think, um, like I said earlier, I, I think the issues have been chosen, the polls are in, the ads are bought.
1: What about you? Mentioned the tone. Do you guys think Senator Donnelly was more aggressive, went after Mike Braun, more in the first debate or the second?
2: I absolutely think he was, uh, they were both, uh, he was was stronger and more aggressive in the first. This, these two guys, and I think um, Lucy had more energy than the two guys did, frankly. I think these two guys acted like they were like, you know, on, uh, on downers or something. They were just kind of said their points and there was no inflection in their voices. There was no emotion. There was no, I'm the
0: winner, I'm confident. Well, it get, gets back bad. to what you said. I mean, it was almost a, a do no harm type mm-hmm. of strategy.
3: But also, we are a week out of an election. These guys have been running up and down the state. I mean, I know John Joe Donnelly has. He's almost lapped Mike Braun three times in the number of events he's held in in this cycle. So they've... They've been out working the trail. I, maybe that played into. Maybe that played into it.
2: I don't think so. I think these guys are pros, and I think they had a chance to be on statewide television tonight. And I think two of the three missed their chance to impress.
4: Hmm.
0: Seven days to go. One of the things we haven't talked about is the money in this race, oh, so the much amount yeah. of uh, money that has been spent. Is this a, a precursor of things to come? Is this the way it's going to be where you have just an enormous amount of PAC money coming in, an enormous amount being spent as we're waiting for, for Mr. Donnelly to, uh, to come to the podium? Is this the way it's going to be where we have these record-setting races? Yeah, ever since
2: 2010 in the, in the super PAC decision by the Supreme Court, it's just, it's, you know, Katie bar the door, so to speak. I mean, they've, they've agreed that money is equal to, uh, is covered speech. by the First yep. Amendment, and that's the way it's going to be. But because
0: the stakes were so high in this race, the money was even more. And it, it, does that make it an outlier a little bit, or do, should we expect more of, more of well, the I same? Well, I think you, I don't know that it was an
2: outlier, because if you look at Florida, um, North Dakota, Missouri, Arizona, Nevada. They're all pivotal races. They're, they're yep. big races, all spending tons. A lot more money spent in Florida than here, quite mm-hmm. frankly, so i don 't know that it was an outlier. Um, the stakes are big um, I, I think my calculus would suggest that the the Republicans could pick up two seats that's the what Senate. some
1: people are suggesting now in the polls the conventional wisdom and we all know about conventional that's wisdom right. and how that went in Goes 2016. out the window <laughs> <But> <laughs> right conventional wisdom at this moment all the polling suggesting that it would be a surprise if either the Republicans held the house or if the Democrats took the Senate all the polls seem to suggest the GOP will keep the Senate. The Democrats might uh, flip control of the House.
3: But like you said, there's a lot of data and a lot of new registered voters um, who and are going to be in, voters. and yep. a lot of early voters, voters who will be in play this election. Um, so it's really hard to pin. This so you're
1: not on. so sure. Only yeah.
2: three times in history has the House gone a different direction than the
4: Senate: 1962, 1970, and 1982.
0: Joe Donnelly has walked to the podium. Let's
4: listen in. Uh, making. Uh, the opportunity for all of us. I, I want to mention two things before I talk about anything else. Um, first is the loss of Matt Tully who here in Indiana and, and also in Washington. Um, everybody knew and, and knows what an extraordinary person Matt is and was. He the a wonderful wonderful family and the thing about Matt I was thinking how would I describe him today and i think the best way is to say the the old saying of fairness to everyone favor to no one that's who matt tully always was Um, i will miss him terribly i got to sit down with him some months ago and um, you know not seeing him not seeing him with uh, his cubs hat and his love of Indiana and his family is going to be heartbreaking for all of us Uh, the second thing I'd like to say and I know my friend Bill Wilson from the debate commission in the Rochester Sentinel is here with us Rochester is a is a very special place to me Um, when I was congressman I was blessed to be uh, the congressman that represented Fulton County and we had debates every election in Fulton County. And I was there every month on the radio station over at the paper at Giretti's. And, and And you can't find better people on the entire planet than the men and women of Fulton County. And we lost three young children from our county today, this morning. And another is fighting for his life. And I just want to give my uh, prayers to the families for this incredible tragedy and to the people of Fulton County to know that our entire state loves you, um, has your back, and will be with you every step of the way. As to the debate, it is really clear what's going on here. On the stage that we were just on, Mike Braun denied that he was in favor of the lawsuit that takes away coverage for pre-existing conditions. He denied it on stage. And he's probably done interviews with many of you where he said he's for it. He said he's for it time after time after time. He's for the Senate legislation that would have taken health care away. He's for the House bill that would have taken health care away. You cannot trust what Mike Braun says. He stood on that stage and said the exact opposite to an audience of Hoosiers. He He thinks that he can pull the wool over our eyes. Well, he can't. If you are home and you have diabetes, Mike Braun supports a lawsuit that will take your coverage away. If you have asthma or your child has asthma and they're in Cass County and they're heading to Logansport schools, Mike Braun supports the legislation that would have taken the health care pre existing conditions away and supports the lawsuit that's a clear and present danger right now. Mike Braun has refused to say that he won't touch Social Security and Medicare. I've said from the start that I'll protect Social Security and Medicare. Mike Braun is an errand boy for Mitch McConnell. I like Kentucky, but Mike's the first Hoosier I ever saw who's nothing more than an errand boy for for somebody from Kentucky. What we're seeing here is someone who says one thing on this stage, one thing out on the street, and will do anything he can and say anything he can to be elected as the United States senator the other thing that struck me was when we were talking about nutrition and I looked over you can check the tapes when I was talking about that seven-year-old child with an empty stomach who was going to school so that they could get a meal he laughed He laughed about the fact that we have child hunger in our state and in other states. Look, I don't represent only the children who are wealthy, whose parents are wealthy. I represent them too. But I represent that kid who may have spent the entire weekend without food or who may have taken their little backpack that the schools put together for the kids, the Eddie Bauer backpacks that are filled with milk that can't go bad if it's not refrigerated so that they can have something to eat. That's the whole purpose, to provide that child with dignity, to provide that child with a meal on a Saturday night if their parents don't do what they're supposed to do. And in most cases, because they come home with a filled backpack and share it with their brothers and sisters. That's a big part why they come home hungry. And let me tell you what, if the United States can't stand up and fight for our children who are hungry through no fault of their own, we don't pick what house we're born in, we don't pick what block we live on, But we're the United States of America. We can stand up for our kids. Look, when I invest as the senator from Indiana in our children who can get a good education, who can get decent health care, who may have asthma, but can get that inhaler because the Affordable Care Act is there. When we invest in our children, we're investing in America. We're investing in the next generation. And the whole obligation of this nation is to provide a stronger, safer, better country for the next generation coming along and fulfill our obligations to our children that we'll make sure that we help get you there. There's a lot of parents who are not fulfilling their roles. But you know what? The kids shouldn't be made to blame for something that doesn't go right at home. And I'll be darned, as your United States Senator, if I'm going to have some kid go hungry on a Tuesday morning after a three-day weekend. It's my job to make sure every kid has a chance. Every kid has an opportunity. And that's what I'll fight for every single day. Um, I'll answer questions. The President's always welcome to come to Indiana. Um, We're proud of our state. We love our state. And the President is welcome to come here. I wasn't trying to get I wasn't trying to trick him his position is clear six years ago I ran against Richard Murdoch and I thought that Richard Murdoch was extreme but he's he's nothing compared to Mike Braun even Richard Murdoch believed in an exception for the life of the mother think about what Mike Braun is saying In in the most heartbreaking decision a family may ever have to make, a family is around the table, maybe with their pastors, and they've gotten the news that your wife has just been told, this child you've dreamed about all your life, if you bring it to term, it will kill the mom. Let me tell you what. The federal government has no role in that. I have no role in that. And Mike Braun believes that he should enforce and tell that family what to do. It, it, it takes your breath away, uh, the, the presumption that's being made there. This is, as I said on stage, I'm pro-life at every turn. I've always supported making sure that no federal funds could ever be used for abortion-related services. But, but, but I am, uh, this government has no business sitting at that kitchen table with that family as they're brokenhearted, trying to make a a decision that no family ever wants to make. And, and um, you know, if that's what he thinks the role of a U.S. senator is, he's he's way off.
0: All right, Senator Joe Donnelly uh, giving his post-debate news conference there. Have to say that we were all struck by how fiery he was, particularly in his opening comments in that news conference, Elise.
3: Yeah, I feel like that is, first of all, he took time to acknowledge some very um, tragic events that happened. Indiana today, which um, was appropriate. It's a classic Which one. It, it was appropriate to do. And then he went on to be uh, the Joe Donnelly that I know and love and see, you know, on the trail. He's fiery. He's humanizing. He knows the issues. He can speak to in- individuals, small cities, towns, their issues. Um, and his campaign was smart enough to not hide from the press and take the opportunity to do so. More right.
1: aggressive there than in the Well, debate. I
2: think one or two things happened. He walked off that stage and either his campaign manager hit him in the side of the head and said, wake up or he downed a bottle of Mountain Dew in about 30 seconds because he came out the way he should have come out during the debate and that would have won the debate for him, but instead he saved it
1: for, as you said, a post-debate news conference with with a diminished audience. And as you mentioned, he acknowledged the tragedy today in Rochester, Indiana, as well as the... Passing of Indie Star columnist Matthew Tully, uh, who we also mourned tonight. He was uh, part of our panel here oh, on the In Focus. Sat with us many times. In I, this community.
2: Yeah, I was with him in the State yeah. House daily for years, and I was—I had some of those coffee shop visits with him. Yeah. Which you're always a little house. you're always a
1: little bit fearful of those because he was good. <laughs> he certainly was. My thoughts are so with
0: yeah. his family and yeah. with his colleagues tonight. Yeah.
1: Our thanks as well to Elise Schrock and Mike Murphy for being here tonight with us as we wrap up this Senate debate tonight. Much more coverage coming up tonight on Fox 59 News at 10 and on CBS 4 News at 11 and on Sunday morning on this week's edition of In Focus. Thanks so much for being with us tonight after the U.S. Senate debate. Good night.